It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our best to connect the dots uh, regarding who we are as intellectual, physical, emotional, and spiritual beings. And to say that we are complex would be to put it mildly. And our thoughts definitely do create our reality. And so I have as a returning guest, Matthew Morales, and we're going to talk with him in just a couple seconds, but I want to remind everybody that there's 280 shows now up on uh, the website, uh, www.SynergyConnectionRadio.com. And the podcast has probably, I'm thinking like about 100, 120 of those shows now. Um, so you can find me on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, and Apple uh, podcast. So um, before we uh, actually delve into what Matthew and I are going to talk about, I want to remind everybody that when you're on the website, there is a link to Boomers Forever Young, and I have used their products for five years. I want to tell you that I just had my physical done in March, and I tell everybody how important it is to know these two numbers, C-reactive protein and D3. The doctors will not give you these tests. You have to ask for them. Um, you want your D3 to be above 70. This year, mine is at 100. You want your C-reactive protein to be below 0.5. This year, mine is 0.1. And so I have very little inflammation in my body. That's the C-reactive protein test. And that's where all disease begins is your inflammation. Most people over the age of 50 in particular will have an inflammation level around three or four unless they have a very chronic uh, illness that they've been fighting for a long time. Most people with the, uh, your immune system, which is your D3, most people have it in the 40s and they just tell you that it's in the normal range. But Harvard Health has now said that you need to have that at a minimum of 50. We're telling people 70. If you're gonna fight all of the different viruses, including the variants that are out there from COVID, you need a strong immune system. So please go check out their website, sign up for their health newsletter. Um, you can read their blogs, their podcasts, they have their own. Um, you can uh, look at the testimonies. Maybe there's some things that will appeal to you. And if you were to choose something from this company, when you check out, uh, there is a discount code and you can use my first name and they'll give you $5 off. So they let me do that for all of the customers. And so it's L-U-C-Y. If you put that in, you're going to get five bucks off. That's a gallon of gas these days. So that's not too bad. Um, all right. So welcome to the show again, Matthew. And you're wearing your sweatshirt with the title of your book, Never Be Poor Again. And as you said before we started the show, the book is doing well. We've talked about it on past shows. But today we're going to talk about the fact that there are creative ways. You're a very creative person and creative ways to cope with our current um, world situation. I, I don't know where you look that there is not either a crisis or people that are upset, whether it's with the stock market whether it's the Ukraine and Russian situation, whether it's what's going over in China, 
um, price of gas, price of food, inflation, high housing costs, you name it, we've got it. Mm -hmm. So how on earth can we change maybe creatively in looking at this? Yeah. You know, first of all, thank you so much for having me again, Lucy. I love being here. I love our conversations that we have. Um, we get really, really deep. And so, yeah, right now is kind of, uh, it's a weird time, but yeah. <laughs> it's a cycle, right? And what I mean by cycle is, right, we have, we know, but the, the saying is called ebbs and flows, right? Ebbs and flows. And sometimes things are flowing and sometimes things are ebbing. And if we can remember, instead of becoming paranoid, freaking out, making crazy reactions, learning to um, be proactive rather than reactive. Right. We can take steps today in this moment to make sure that we're good for the future. Uh, this is a good like check-in, you know, recessions are good check-ins for everyone, you know, or crashes in the markets or wars or any of these are always good check-in moments for ourselves. Um, what do you actually mean by check-ins? I totally agree, but I want you to describe what you mean by a check-in. Well, here's a great example. Um, I have a friend who their grandmother was investing in stocks. Mm -hmm. And the first thing they did was freak out this whole thing. And they said, I'm completely broke now. All my money was in stocks. I took all my retirement money and I put it in stocks. And now this crash happened and I have nothing. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this kind of sets you to check in on where you're going and what you're doing with your finances, what kind of decisions you've been making. Right. One of the decisions this person made was they decided to take everything they ever had and put it in the stock market. Rather than, you know, you hear that old expression about don't put all your eggs in one basket. Exactly. And that is so true. You know, it's so true. You diversify, uh, you know, maybe some of it's in metals, some of it is in annuities, some of it is in, uh, you know, stocks. But I mean, exactly. You have some money in life insurance, you have cash. We've yeah. got to have, you know, we've got to have, that's what it means. People think of diversify your portfolio and they think that means buying Apple and Tesla, right? <laughs> that's what they think it means right but diversifying your portfolio literally means stock market um you know uh real estate um you know life insurance having Obviously. different avenues and different vehicles right because one f affects a lot of things but they don't all completely change everything for the negative sometimes something else benefits Right. right. And so sometimes because one thing goes down, something else goes up. And that's what we want. We want these things to balance each other. That's really what it means to diversify. So it's a good check in. There's other um, examples, too. Another example is there's people now who are getting laid off or there's thing, these things that are happening and then they can't pay their bills or they can't support or they can't do anything for the future. And so then their first thought is this whole thing just screwed me over. But that's why the saying is be proactive instead of reactive. Now there's an emergency and a lot of people can only react. Oh my God, I got to take money out of my life savings. Oh my God, I have to pull money out of my crypto. Oh my God, I have to do these things. Otherwise my whole life is going to end. Okay. Right. Proactive versus reactive would really help us from these things. So it's, that's what I mean by a checkup. You know, um, one of the things that um, a very close friend uh, and I were talking about actually this morning uh, was the fact that you'd be surprised. I mean, we don't do this, and, but you'd be surprised how much you really don't need. And, you know, if, you, if we can go out into the world 
and appreciate nature. You know, picnic instead of dining at a, a nice restaurant, uh, taking walks instead of maybe going to the movies. Uh, just, you know, to saying, where do I want to put my energy and my money and my time and to keep that in proportion? Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, back 100 years ago, we didn't have all of this technology. So people weren't going and buying the hugest television they could buy. They weren't getting the most. I mean, cars have gone up amazingly over the years. Uh, so you, what we spend on a car today is what we spent to buy a house you know, 50 years ago. And so everything has, has changed. I would say that in many cases, incomes have not gone up as mm -hmm. much as everything else. And, you know, we have a tendency, I mean, I don't know whether you look back and go, well, those were the good old days, but technology has also given us a lot of benefits. And I was talking to somebody else about this concept of what's called a med bed. Have you heard of that? Of a what? It's called a med, M-E-D, bed. Have you ever no, heard of it? No. Um, that will be in the future of your children. It may not quite get there to help all of us because it's such new technology, but um, it literally is going to be like a um, something that you lay on that can correct health issues. Awesome. And so instead of taking medicine, instead of maybe having surgery, you'll be able to make an appointment and lay in this and have that technology make the difference in your organs and, you know, your generalized health. But I think initially it's going to be only available, number one, to those who can afford it. Um, but secondly, maybe to those that are critical. And if they don't use it, they are going to die. Yeah. I've seen some kind of similar things. So it's, um, that's kind of interesting. Um, that's really cool. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you and I are going to see it for sure. But mm -hmm. I think availability may be more common with your daughter. She's what now, 14? She just turned 13. 13. Okay. I yeah. think she was a teenager. Oh, boy, are you having fun? <laughs> oh, my. Oh, and she just turned it. The age just happened. And you're already like, it's crazy how you can like see the change almost instantly, you know? Yeah, that's fun. Now, what does she do when she, I mean, the shootings in the school, I'm sure she must have talked to you a little bit about, you know, how do things like this happen, Dad? We haven't yet, but, you know, I'm sure it's coming soon. She actually just flew back out here from um, Vegas, where she was just with her mom. And so now she'll be with me for summer. But yeah, I, a lot of philosophical questions and conversations will be happening this wow. summer. Right. You know, there's a lot of things going on and we can't not talk about it. Well, I mean, you'd have to live in a cave not to see or, I mean, they've got their phones. Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, everything is so visible. And back, at least when I was growing up, we had limited TV time that was allowed. And yep. um, mostly I was outside playing. I mean, I was on my bicycle. I was walking. I was, you know, playing games with neighborhood kids. And we didn't think about, you know, social media. But yeah, exactly. So today, everything is so very visible for kids and as well as adults. And if you are not balanced, you and I've talked about that in the past, but I mean, keeping yourself and what I refer to as the four legs in balance. So, I mean, you've got to feed your brain, but you want to watch what you're feeding it. Mm -hmm. You have to feed your body. And again, you need to watch what you're feeding it so that it's healthy. You yeah. have to balance your life emotionally. And if you're doing it, 
you know, with the physical and the intellectual, then the emotional usually falls into place pretty easily. And then spiritually, what are those connections that we have? Exactly. Um, ourselves and, and. Yeah. And everything we consume is food, right? Even if it's just in our mind, whether we're talking about social media or TV or whatever, everything we're consuming is, is some form of food, some form of sustenance. So right. we do, we have to be careful of what we're taking in. Right. And I think with kids, you know, that is crucial for them to understand that what they surround themselves with mm-hmm. is what they're going to become because it's that whole thought process. You know, if you change your thoughts, you get a different outcome. And with kids, it can be, oh my goodness, you know, is the world ending? Yeah. Or it could be a new beginning. Yeah, exactly. As, hey, you know, we can all do something to make this better. Yeah, there's the saying, you hang out in a barbershop long enough, you're bound to get a haircut, right? <laughs> so, you know, so it's like, if you hang out with these people long enough, you're bound to fall into the same patterns, the same philosophies, the same ideas as these people. Right. So we want to choose people that have good philosophies that are philosophies that are beneficial to the world, you know? Right. So uh, that anyone can see any event in very differing ways. And so we want to be able to respect all those ways, but simultaneously be able to pick the philosophies they're going to benefit the world and benefit, you know, rather than stagnate it or hurt it. Right. So with your daughter being with you for the summer and our topic today being, you know, using creative ways to look at these particular times that we're in. I mean, because these issues are not going to go away magically over the summer, I don't think. Mm -hmm. So how would you begin to help her look at Well, just use the Ukraine as an example. Um, You know, we'll stay away from the school shootings at the moment, but um, just looking at the Ukraine and Russia and and how, you know, one country is trying to take over another country and then making that understandable at her level, you know, maybe by helping her see that kids do that. Yeah, you know, um, I, I try to explain that there's this philosophy that, people try to rule with fear mm-hmm. or with love. And the problem is people think and confuse fear with respect or fear with love. And so they choose fear to rule. The problem with that though is uh, the fear always turns, has a tendency to turn into hostility and hostility turns into violence and violence creates more fear. Mm-hmm. So, lack of control I mean, and lack of control right and so eventually even the person who is using the fear becomes in fear that the people that they're trying to control will uprise against them exactly right and so this is a common phenomenon all around the world and so war is the example when governments do it and bullies is the example in the playground Right. And sometimes we have it at work with rules and laws or the way our boss treats us or harassment. And so it's always going to try to relate into some way. Fear is going to try to use, uh, create some kind of respect, but instead it creates some form of hostility. And then that hostility creates some form of violence and that violence turns into more fear. And it just becomes this endless cycle, you know? And so people are going to fall into that. And it's important to notice when they do. And that's an example of it. Do you think from where you're sitting that maybe a lot of people at this point, especially two and a half plus years into this pandemic, where everything was fear based, Mm -hmm. um, do you think that some people are going enough is enough? I want to take control of my life again. 
And I, I want to do it in a way that is a positive way, not a negative way. Yeah, I agree. I'm so, there's like this huge shift in consciousness. There's this huge shift in perception and philosophy and the way people are treating these things, talking about these things. But yeah, a lot of people are kind of just over it and like, okay, let's, let's move our trajectory somewhere else. And, and I'm noticing that. And it's a good thing to see that our consciousness is kind of evolving. And then there's the people that we were using the word stagnant earlier that are stagnant you know, and stuck on certain ideas and don't want to just move forward. Right, right. And, and I'm seeing it at all ages. I mean, there are probably more people over the age of, let's say, 60 that have a very difficult time changing mm -hmm. their philosophical way of looking at life. Um, and, you know, they, they do stay stuck. You know, yeah. they, they stay stuck either looking at the good old days or they are fear-based and not willing, you know, to think outside the box. But I think people that are willing to say, okay, this isn't working. Mm -hmm. What can we do? You know, that, yeah. work, that we'll make. What can we do? Yeah. That's a great question. And a lot of us are asking it. What can we do? What can we do? You know? And um, I, it, for me, I feel like everyone comes to the same answer, but then kind of pushes it away. And it's some kind of community, some kind of coming together right? Um, and ideas and philosophies, but coming together for a common purpose. And then we kind of do that for a little while and push away from each other. So um, hopefully we can become, I believe in this philosophy. It doesn't, this is just something I've talked about. We, we have this belief in government, right? And government really is just, it's actually just a philosophy. Some people can't imagine a world without government, but government is just a philosophy. Government literally trans to ment, mente, mentality of the mind, govern to guide, to control, right? So right there, that means that we have a mentality of believing we need to be governed. And so we govern each other mm -hmm. and govern ourselves and do all these things. I truly believe that one day we're going to move into something I like to call unimint, right? A mentality of unity, and which we're not going to feel the need to govern each other and control each other and feel governed. Instead, we're going to move towards a singular purpose, the, the philosophy, something that moves is more closer towards the heart, closer towards love, closer towards morals, closer towards taking care of each other. And instead, we all focus on that unity guiding us rather than the need to guide each other, which ends up causing war, war and turmoil and fighting and things. And I truly believe we're going to move in that way. It would be nice to believe for sure. I, I think back, um, you know, when America was getting settled, I think the Native Americans had a pretty good handle within their own tribes. I mean, they, they worked together to hunt and they worked together to live and take care of each other. And I remember, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago or so that Hillary Clinton wrote a book called It Takes a Village. Mm -hmm. And I loved the concept. I'm not a big fan of hers, but I love the concept of, yes, it does take a village. And when we were settling America, we lived in villages, you know, yeah. where we looked out for one another. And we've gotten so far away from that where it's, you know, us and them. Exactly. And I, I but I believe we're going to go back to it and we can only keep away from it for so long. Actually, um, when we talk about, like, for example, Darwin's theory of, of evolution and stuff, one thing that he kept talking about, people always talk about the survival of the fittest, mm -hmm. but they don't talk about what 
is the fittest. People imagine the fittest as being the strongest, survival, right? Take it. But that's not what it means. Survival of the fittest. What makes us the fittest is the ability to create community. Mm. The ability to have all different feelings and all different ideas, yet still come together for one purpose, even if we have different goals. Right. That's what separates us. Our ability to come together, our ability to work together for the desire to work together and not for the desire to work together. But mm. that's what makes us the fittest. And that right there is love. And so I think that no matter how hard we try and how far, far we may fall away from it, we'll always come back to that. You know, um, at the end of my book that I wrote, um, the mice are referring back to Brian and their encounter with him and basically saying, you know, he's learned the lesson that love is all there is. Okay. And yeah. I hear that in more and more conversations, it seems like over the last, um, let's say year and a half to two years, is that people are recognizing that when you boil it down, you know, you have to love yourself first in order to take care of those around you, because otherwise you're looking at them to take care of you. Exactly. That doesn't work. And so teaching your daughter, you know, that taking care of herself is a loving thing to do. Um, exactly. Sure that, you know, she makes good decisions for herself. And I think you and I have talked about, you know, the chakras that are in the body, the energy centers that yeah. are, and, you know, teaching them at a very young age that that's who we are. We are these energy centers, this vibrational frequency. And when you have a positive frequency around you, you can give that, you know, to others, they can give it back to you, you can share that energy. But in many cases, when it's fear based or controlling in nature, you know, then it's, it's very difficult, because you feel the oppression, you feel that heaviness. Yeah. And I do remember us talking about that. And we also talked about, you know, this confusion between selflessness and selfishness, right? And for mm -hmm. some reason, we believe that it's selfish to take care of ourselves. But that's not so come from. I don't know whether it's a religious belief or what, but it's been around a long time. It's been around for a long time, but that doesn't make sense, right? Because uh, selflessness is the ability to take care of others, but I can't take care of someone. I can't give someone something I don't have. And mm -hmm. so I like to use this parable uh, that I created that imagine a room full of barrels and you have a pitcher that has abundance, wealth, love, everything you could ever need inside of it. And all these barrels represent different people in your life. And so first you try to fill your barrel and you're like, oh, you know what? I need to take care of my mom. Oh, I need to take care of my brother, my dog, my best friend. And you're trying to fill everyone's barrel. Will their barrels or your barrel ever get filled? No. No. But if you take that same picture of abundance, of love, of wealth, of determination, and you pour it into your barrel and you just keep pouring it into your barrel and pouring it only into your barrel, what happens? It'll overflow. And you keep pouring it and you keep pouring it. And you could pour them. What'll happen? It'll fill every single barrel it touches, which will fill every single barrel it touches. And so by being able to take care of ourselves, it allows us to give extra to all those around us. And that is true selflessness. No, that's very true. Um, I think another uh, one of the images that the airlines use, and, you know, people are now aware of that is if you don't put that oxygen mask on your face first, you can't help anyone else if you pass out. Exactly. So you have to, you know, breathe in the oxygen and then get it on your children or anybody that's sitting by you that is struggling. Yeah. And that's true empathy because you're taking, 
you're taking into consideration that other person in the realest way. When we think to ourselves, um, I need to put this on that other person, that's actually the selfish action. Why? Because it's not as much to take care of that other person or the ability to take care of others as it is to remove ourselves from guilt. I couldn't feel, I wouldn't um, live with myself if my child died. I can't live with myself if this happens. Well, that's selfish. You, we weren't doing it for them. We were doing it for the feeling I'm going to have later. Right. But to be able to take care of myself so that I can take care of others, that right there, that's true, true empathy. Right. And so many people don't get that. They really don't. And how many religions do you know that teach more of giving and sacrificing rather than caring for yourself? Exactly. Yeah. And um, I think that's what some, you know, these, these books are trying to get across to people mm. and people read them in their own egos or their own versions. But I really believe that's the heart of all of the religions. The heart of all the religions is do good, be good share good yeah yeah share um very very um interesting and and yet difficult to help people understand i know that's true um so all right so your your book about never be poor again had a lot of those philosophies in them mm -hmm. you know, just you know that you can't help anyone else if you're poor of spirit, if you're poor financially, if you're poor with your outlook on life, yeah, all of this is like coping skills too, you know, and how to be, become um, that person that, um, you know, has the wealth to give, let's put it that way. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I define wealth as time, right? Being rich is to have an abundance of money. Mm -hmm. But being wealthy is to have an abundance of time, right? Because there are plenty of rich people in the world that are so poor, all they have is money. Right. right? right. All, they have no time. They have no love. They have no other things that they would like to fill up their time with. And so it really is this mentality that we have to be able to take in that I need to be able to take care of myself. I need to provide myself with time. I need right. to provide myself with sustenance, myself with all the things that I need that way I can then help those around me, not try to help those around me and then not even be able to take care of myself afterwards. No, that's so true. We're going to take a really quick break here. We'll be right back. Are you feeling stressed and anxious about life? Have elevated blood pressure? Experiencing weight gain? Having problems with your immune system? Getting healthy and staying healthy is more important than ever. And it has never been easier when you have fundamental nutrition from Boomer Products. Restore the youth and vitality you are used to in just minutes a day. Check out our website at www.boomerboost.com to see thousands of reviews from customers just like you who are benefiting from Boomer products. While you're there, check out our podcasts, blogs, and videos and get caught up on the latest health news and information. Use promo code LUCY at checkout. That's L-U-C-Y to save $5 on your order. Stop existing and start living today with Boomer products. All right, welcome back to the Synergy Connection Show. And I have again as my guest, Matthew Morales. And we're talking about how to care for yourself in these troubling times, how to maybe get through this, learning some valuable lessons. And I think what we've talked about so far, you know, is, is hopefully helpful to those that are listening that we have to focus on how to be our best person 
in order to show others maybe the way in order to help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, um, and I, I think the most obvious and simple examples too is traveling, right? We travel and then all of a sudden our friends traveled who never traveled before. And then this person traveled who never traveled before. And this trip, it was me traveling, breaking that cycle that allowed other people to say, oh, maybe I should try that. Or even gaining 50 pounds or losing 50 pounds, right? Something I never thought was possible just by me doing it. Not by me telling other people to do it. Not by trying to get people to do it with me. But just by me doing it. Right. Other people are like, huh, if that person can do it, I can do it. that's that inspiration that's that true change in the world right well and and you gave them you know that sense of yes you can Mm -hmm. um because i did yes you can because i did yeah it it wasn't like do as i say which is what a lot of people do it's like watch me and i'll show you how yes and you know um that i feel like a lot of books are written that way too like personal development books i think that's why i wrote mine so differently is because even like rich dad poor dad phenomenal book but he still wrote it from the mentality of the rich person and he was still writing it in the way of the rich person but he's talking to poor people right that one of so i decided to do it different mine is i i'm poor and trying to get rich i need to speak like a poor person who doesn't understand what that means and so my book instead teaches through stories and real life literal things that i went through actionable steps that i took to get myself out of extreme poverty. And, so, and you did it in a very um, beautiful way. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I thought it was, and I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's really cool that I didn't tell you what to do in my book, right? I showed you what I did, including the bad. So you can decide which ones of those things you want to do. You want to follow my good steps or you want to follow my bad steps. Completely up to you, but I show you both of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's very true. Um, so what are you up to for the rest of your summer with your daughter? Are you going to be doing things that allow her to learn from you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm so excited for this uh, this summer. You know, I for me, being around me is just kind of like being in school. So she loves fashion, um, are a lot of music in my family. So I'm going to do whatever I can to try to get her involved in clubs, get her um, working with me, learning some marketing, learning some art. She's very artistic. And so for me, I believe that the business world needs more artists in it. That's the beauty of marketing. Marketing is kind of where they intersect. So um, I'm kind of really excited for her to be able to get all this knowledge in. And, you know, again, going back to what we, our topic, you know, for today, um, but using that creativity so that when something bad does happen, and I, I would like to think we wouldn't have anything more that's going to be bad, but that's not reality. Mm-hmm. So um, when she hears something or sees something that is more of a negative, always redirecting her, how can you creatively take this situation? What do you want to do with it? Exactly. Exactly. And Never let a good disaster go to waste. Yeah, exactly. You know? exactly. So um, there's always something that can come positive out of a disaster. And so instead of looking at of, of the, oh, woe is me, look at, at, look at the, okay, what can I do to turn this in my favor? Right. What can I do that, you know, to make this help me instead of hurt me? I just uh, uh, was speaking with somebody who uh, gave a story of uh, a woman who had, uh, it, they weren't her children, I don't believe, but there were a couple of children that died in a fire and it was because they didn't have a smoke alarm. And so rather than be totally depressed, 
about that whole situation, which obviously was very sad. She said, I don't want this to ever happen again. So she worked with a local fire department in her area to make sure that anyone who could not afford a fire alarm was given one. You know, they had fundraisers and then the, they installed them and made sure that they were in good working order. So yeah, that out of tragedy can come something that is a positive for people down the road. And that's yeah. how we have to look at this. Yeah. Well, how can people get hold of you, Mark? Um, so check me out. Once again, my book is Never Be Poor Again. You can find it on Amazon. You can find me on Instagram, moneymystic359, or find me on Facebook. You can also reach out to me um, via email at matthew at ludmarketingllc.com. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. I'm, I love having you on the show, and I hope you have an absolutely beautiful time with your daughter this summer. And like I said, I, I, I would love to think that our world is going to turn itself around tomorrow. But it may be a little bit of a struggle for a while as we try to, you know, wrap up these difficulties. So if yeah. that uh, is the case, then, you know, do wonders with your daughter this summer. Thank you. Yeah, we will do everything we can and, and have a blessed summer yourself. Oh, thanks so much. And everybody, please go out there and make this your very best life. Thanks, Mark, for being on the show. We'll talk to everybody next time. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.